0: That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com What is he
1: up to?
2: I've dealt with snakes in the European Parliament. I believe I can cope with this too. I'm Nigel Farage, and I'm known, of course, for politics, for Brexit, and I'm a hero to some people and an absolute villain to millions. I mean, I think that my more traditional support...
1: Love him or loathe him, one of the most consequential politicians of his generation is in the jungle, the man who forced David Cameron into holding the Brexit referendum.
3: And here we have Nigel Farage, politician in his natural habitat. <laughs> Long gone are the days of
1: Brexit. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Nigel Farage's house. Yes, the reports say that Nigel Farage has received an extremely healthy fee for being there—a
0: camel udder, wow, and a sheep udder with a cow's teat.
1: But is this also part of a bigger plan for a political comeback?
0: No, 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 no. It. This is... Big,
1: big Nigel, come on, you got this, Big night. Nigel, oh yes, Nigel, yes. With the Tories on the back foot, immigration at a record high and the Rwanda deal perhaps scuppered, is this time for Nigel Farage's most dramatic act yet? Here we go. Right,
2: shall we gun it? (laughs) Whoa!
0: He went off like a rocket, didn't he? And is it me or did he veer just a bit too far to the right? Force of of habit.
3: Force of habit.
1: Could he be the difference between a difficult election for the Tories and a catastrophic wipeout? Or is this all about taking them over and making himself a
2: future Tory leader?
3: Would you ever want to run? I don't know. We'll see.
2: Do as much best the country gets in. Really?
1: (laughs) You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Jenny Kleeman. Today, Farage in the jungle. What's his game plan?
0: After decades of failing to win a seat in parliament, we bring you Nigel Farage MP. The MP stands for Munchin Penis.
3: But he'll take, he'll it. take it. He'll, he'll, it. he'll it. take it. Uh, but before all of that, my name's Caroline Wheeler and I'm the political editor of the Sunday Times.
1: Caroline, before we get into the meat of the jungle and what Nigel Farage's strategy is there, we are talking about him because he is perhaps one of the most influential politicians of the last 25 years, isn't he?
3: Yes, he very much is. I think sometimes people forget what a significant role he's played in the kind of architecture of our political lives. You know, many people credit him with having brought about Brexit and I think it's kind of testament to the fact that he is such a big figure in our kind of political world that he is now appearing on ITV's biggest reality television show and is probably actually the best known face in the jungle at the moment and it's pretty incredible really given that he's actually never been an MP. Uh, He's led several parties which have failed to make significant ground in Westminster elections, although sometimes they've hit 10%, almost 15% on occasions in the polls, but have actually had no presence at Westminster.
1: And his influence wasn't just in terms of the Brexit
3: vote. He was a thorn in Theresa May's side, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of it came through the Brexit prism, because it all then became about the type of Brexit we were going to have, whether it was going to be a hard Brexit or a soft Brexit, the fact that he wanted to hold Theresa May's feet to the fire. And then, of course, the same happened when Boris Johnson became Prime Minister. And that became a moment when there was lots of discussion about whether or not he was going to stand his Brexit Party candidates to stand against Conservatives potentially splitting the vote in a bid to try and manipulate the government to. Deliver the type of Brexit which he wanted, which was the hardest of all hard Brexits. Let's
1: talk a bit then about how he got to the point where he's at now. Is it fair to say that in the immediate aftermath of the UK leaving the EU, he was a bit rudderless?
3: Uh, it's kind of funny, actually, yeah. I mean, you could say that. I mean, it was almost his greatest achievement. And yet the fallout of that was quite difficult because actually the thing that he'd been campaigning about, shouting about, had suddenly happened and he almost found himself without a role. But also, I mean, he's starting to have more resonance now, actually, post-Liz Truss, which is why I think his appearance at the Conservative Party conference was such a significant moment. He received a kind of rapturous response when he appeared there.
2: <laughs> what are you doing here? Is this your party now? No. how
0: are we? Can we take yes, so. a selfie? Yeah, come on then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> come on.
3: Then. Because he's now very much standing up for many of those values that the right wing of the Conservative Party stand for too. Low taxes, low immigration, anti-net zero. He's kind of come to espouse many of the views of the kind of trussites Mm. and those that kind of share an affinity with the likes of Lord Frost, for example, and Jacob Rees-Mogg. So he is starting to sort of vocalise much more of a kind of right wing ideology than just simply being about leaving the European Union. And when he officially left politics, he was
1: the leader of the Brexit Party, Reform Party for a while. He launched a media career, but at first he was kind of a, a face for hire, wasn't he? he? He got up to a few odds and ends in terms of media work. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think actually his relationship with Donald Trump was significant in terms of where he started his media career. You'll remember that he met Donald Trump when Trump was on the campaign trail just after the Brexit referendum and before Trump entered the White House at the end of 2016.
2: The man behind Brexit, Mr Nigel Farage.
3: There was an affinity between the two men.
2: Well, thank you. Good evening, Mississippi
3: because they both felt that they were kind of smashing the establishment.
2: You can beat the pollsters. You can beat the commentators. You can beat Washington.
3: When he sort of made that friendship with Donald Trump, he started to work quite a lot with Fox News. What's it like to be on cloud nine forever? I mean, with Brexit
2: and this, what's it been like for you? I mean, 2016, it's the year of political revolution. I mean, I've been dreaming of this for a couple of decades.
3: And that's really when his kind of burgeoning media career began. This is completely unverified, but I'm told that he earned quite a bit of money doing some of the broadcasting that he did with Fox on the other side of the Atlantic. And I suppose that became a kind of, it naturally seeded to a role for him when GB News was created.
2: I've been involved in the past in some small ventures that have become quite big ventures that have perhaps... Even changed the course of British politics. And I'm now involved with GB News because we need to change the landscape of British broadcasting. And do you know what? We're going to do it.
3: And we've seen him develop as a kind of media performer from there, really. At the same time, he was
2: earning money through being in adverts. Cryptocurrencies. You need to know more about it. Hello and welcome. Is anyone you trust showing you the smart way to play the rising price of gold. Well, I'd like to change all of that today. Now, welcome to my latest product. Yes, it's Farage Gin. I just love a gin and tonic. And this range, well, of course, red, white and blue. What else would you expect from me? This gin is...
1: And also doing cameo videos.
2: A message for John, and it comes from Suze, delivered by me, Nigel Farage. You know you're my BFF, and I understand... The two of you broke up, so you may be both into a little bit of cheering up, and I hope this helps.
3: I mean, it seems Nigel Farage can turn his hand to anything.
2: Boris Johnson is a massive wet wipe, so let's catch a dub with you and your epic Fortnite chungus friends.
3: He's often offered, for example, to record happy birthday messages to people for a nominal fee.
2: Hi, Harv. You're turning 18 and many happy returns of the day. Well, you're a grown-up now. You're able to vote. You can vote UKIP. You can vote reform. Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. I've heard you're a massive fan. Shaved bollockhead, please have a wonderful birthday. We've been whisked away for the holiday of a lifetime. Yes, you're going up to the Isle of Cox. How about that?
3: And I'm told he's recently discovered TikTok, mm. which has given him a sort of new outlet, really, to reach a younger audience.
2: So, TikTokers, what can we learn from the ginger winger Harry and his ghastly wife, Meghan? Well, look, whatever you think of them, take my advice. Don't blame anything that goes wrong in your life on somebody else.
3: I understand it's a bit of a, an epiphany for him.
2: I think my dog might be stuck. Come on, can you get out of there? Come on, can you get out of there? It's all right, it's not fixed.
3: He's on TikTok. They call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time, he has got this new nickname. That's what they call him on TikTok. On TikTok? On TikTok. He's got this new wave of, of, of young people that are enjoying him. But it's become much more professional recently, which suggests that there is now somebody doing it for him full time. Friends close to him tell me is the reason why he chose to go into the jungle is because he was excited about reaching a sort of younger audience. One of the more funny ones recently was him talking about going into the jungle.
2: Hello. Oh, hello. Yeah, no, I'm a celebrity. I'm used to the annual call. I, I normally say no, but... I'm. How much? Good Lord. Well, I'll see you in the jungle.
3: And this was uh, all to amplify the notion that he'd been offered about £1.5 million. And
1: since the summer he has been making the news because of the Coots debanking scandal. Yes, he has.
2: This is important. Listen in, please. So I have been debanked by the NatWest Banking Group. So please, do yourself a favour. Don't rely on having just one bank account. I'm older than all of you. Please take my advice.
3: And actually, I think that's won him a lot of supporters in a kind of more mainstream world. I think a lot of people, irrespective of their political allegiances or parties, thought that the idea and the notion that anyone could be debanked effectively for their political views to be distasteful. The chief exec of NatWest Bank, that's Dame Alison Rose, has resigned after admitting that she was the source for a BBC story about Nigel Farage's bank details And in fact, I was presenting an award ceremony only last night for one of the comms agencies, Pagefield, and he won the Campaign of the Year award. And it sounds like it will have a longer lasting effect. And of course, it was something that affected more people than just himself. Lots of people subsequently came forward and said similar things had happened to them. So He was riding high by the time it came
1: to Conservative Party conference, and he was there in his capacity as a GB News presenter.
3: But he was also a kind of looming influence there, wasn't he? Very much so. I mean, there have been stories over the last couple of years about Nigel Farage and indeed his friends and allies such as Aaron Banks wanting to rejoin the Conservative Party and launching various attempts to try and, in fact, take over the Conservative Party by flooding the party with members. One of such campaigns was known as the Blue Wave. But yes, when he appeared at the Conservative Party conference, a a place that he had been denied access to repeatedly for many years, not being a party member, um, he was treated as a superstar, really. There were obviously photographs of him singing karaoke with the likes of Priti Patel. he stood shoulder to shoulder with Liz Truss at that event that she held, which was standing room only. And there was, it was the only event in the Conservative Party where there was a massive queue of people outside the door, unable to gain access.
2: This is the Great British Growth Rally, starring Liz Truss. They will not get everybody into the room. There is a genuine buzz here. I've got to tell you, this is more exciting than anything happening in the conference hall.
3: And he was so buoyed, I think, by his appearance there that he even joked that he might become, or in fact he said he would be very surprised if he did not become the leader of the Conservative Party by 2026.
1: In terms of the political climate at the moment, Caroline, it's a good time for him to have a large platform, isn't it, in terms of immigration figures.
3: Tell us about that. It's a really good time for him to be raising his profile, partly because the Conservative Party is so badly split now between its One Nation caucus and its very much more right-wing caucus. And when I say that, I mean the likes of Suella Braverman, who's recently left as Home Secretary, Jacob Rees-Mogg, Liz Truss herself. And so to have that voice amplified in the jungle at a time when the party is so bruised and so split... I think it is a kind of dangerous moment really for the Conservative Party, especially in the context of the fact that there is going to be a general election and, you know, what's going to emerge at the end of that general election is going to be a party that will need to do a lot of soul searching around what sort of party it wants to be. Some of the debate that we've seen recently around Rwanda, for example, shows that there is a real schism in the party. Even seeing David Cameron join the ranks of the government again has created that question mark for where the party goes next. Coming up, Farage is in the jungle,
1: but is it helping or hindering his attempts at a political comeback? That's in a moment.
0: <laughs> Camel anus. Oh. And goat anus. Yeah. Topped with crocodile anus. Good lord. It's a slice of arse.
1: Mm. Oh, God. Don't look at me, oh, Farage. I
2: can't say I've tried this sort of thing before. No. It shows how narrow minded we are, really, isn't it? I never thought I'd hear you say that, <coughs> Nigel. No.
1: <laughs> Nigel Farage has taken the cash. He's flown to Australia. How is he actually doing on the show?
3: My children are absolutely addicted to it.
1: I wasn't expecting to see Nigel Farage's bottom
3: so soon, but I've seen worse. No, I haven't. (laughs) From what I've seen, I mean, he's come across, broadly speaking, as a bit of a team player.
2: Are we going to win? Yeah! Yeah!
0: Are we going to win, guys? Yeah! Yeah!
3: But actually, surprisingly, the programmes that I've seen, he's featured in relatively little. And I suspect that he is now craving some of that attention. He sort of was talking about the fact that he was quite happy to do trials because that was what took up 25% of the programme.
2: You see, if you do the challenge,
3: it's
2: 25% of the airtime.
3: I am absolutely good with just being... A little ray of sparkle (laughs) in the back of this television show.
2: Yeah, but I'm looking at at reaching an audience. I know, I know. Sounds a bit cynical, but you
3: know. There's always one that's kind of picked upon, like Matt Hancock was last year, to do all the trials. And I think he very much assumed that he would be fulfilling that role. And uh, I suspect it's a bit of a surprise to him that he's not. He will know, though,
1: that Matt Hancock, even though he was voted to do so many of the trials, it wasn't necessarily a great thing for his career to have been on I'm a Celebrity. His his book didn't do very well. He's now transitioning out of politics.
3: Wouldn't that have been a cautionary tale for Nigel Farage? I'm not sure that he would have looked at Matt Hancock and thought that his escapades in the jungle were necessarily responsible for his fall from grace in terms of his political career. I think, from what I understand, he took advice from many of his political allies about whether he was going to go in and I think the overriding thing he wanted to do and I think if he did take anything away from Matt Hancock's experience it was his ability to connect with younger people for example my children last year thought Matt Hancock was an absolute hero afterwards and whenever he called me in fact did call me once when I was driving in the car with my children they were absolutely going crazy that I knew Matt Hancock and he was calling me so I think that opportunity to connect with younger people is really the key driving force behind the decision that he's taken. He's clashed, though,
1: with YouTuber Nella Rose, first over immigration. You're anti-immigrants. and you're, Who told you, you that? Oh, Who the internet. Told, the oh, internet. well, there we are
2: then. It must be true. It must be true. It must be. <laughs> it must be
1: true. OK, but then why don't black people like you?
2: You'd be amazed they do.
1: So, so everyone issue. hates you for no reason? Well, no, not that everyone hates That was so bad. Like, but, but, like, and so he, he seemed to suggest no, she was the reason or people like
2: her were the reason that people couldn't get GP appointments. Since 2000,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the British population mm-hmm. has increased by 10 million.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: 10 million. Yeah, we're Good growing.
0: Thing. Right? Good
2: thing, unless you want a GP appointment. Right. Good thing, okay, unless you want I? your kid. So I?
0: I'm stopping no, no, from no, 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 you from no, getting no, a GP appointment. You're not
1: getting an appointment because the NHS is lacking funding. And there have also been clashes over
2: cultural appropriation. If a white person has a black accent, that's considered to be a crime. You know, they should be cancelled. It depends
1: on what context. If you're taking a piss, then you're taking a piss. But if you're not, then you're not.
2: You know, it's right, rather like, you know, you go to a fancy dress party, dress as something, and now the press will say it's cultural appropriation.
1: Like what? Because if oh, you were to do blackface, then it dress, is wrong. Dress as
2: a Mexican or whatever it is, you know.
1: But yeah, because you can't take, you can't use somebody's culture As a costume, as a fancy, Jeff.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't know what the rules are, Nella. He
3: he just doesn't doesn't get it, I know. Is that going to play well with young people? I think at the moment he's probably going for a kind of shock and awe tactics to a certain extent. I mean, if you think about the people that got traction in the series before, they were often figures that were saying controversial things. And they kind of made them stand out from the crowd, even if people disagree fundamentally with the points that they were making, at least that they were kind of less vanilla mm. than some of the other campmates. So I don't think that that will be concerning him desperately. I, I also think that in terms of some of the things that he says, he will be cognizant potentially of the fact that some people will agree with him. And of course, it's always the rows that propel you onto the television mm. and mean that you don't end up on the cutting room floor. He
2: also said, As for little me, there's a lot of speculation after they lose the next election. Or, you know, maybe Nigel becomes leader of the Tory party one day. So there's a lot of chatter about it. Important thing, though, is to say this. Never say never.
3: Well, I think we all probably know that that's his secret wish. You know, he's never happier than when he's taking on a subject, a campaign, an issue, which is why many people think that the next one he wants to take on is to try and change the electoral system and is a big proponent of proportional representation. Partially, I suspect, because it would result in those fringe parties of which he has been part of actually getting seats in Parliament for the first time so that they marry up with the percentage that they reach in the polls. Mm. I can't see an avenue at the moment that he becomes party leader unless somebody lets him join the Conservative Party. If that happens, then it's almost inevitable that he would rise to that position because of his popularity. But given how politics works, I can't for the life of me think why they would grant him access. So, I mean, other than perhaps be giving a peerage and him coming into it in the same way that David Cameron has returned by being invited to join the cabinet by a Conservative Party if he were a peer. But at the moment, I can't see an avenue where that actually becomes a reality.
1: In terms of his, his roots to a political comeback, if his comeback via the Tory party doesn't look like a political reality... Do you think there is a, a comeback via Reform UK? I mean, they are getting 10% in the polls. They could potentially cause a lot of damage to the Tory party in, in the next election. Do you think he's likely to return to politics through Reform
3: UK? Reform are starting to hit 10 11% in the polls. That's not to be underestimated, particularly with the Conservative Party in free fall. Richard Tice, the party's current leader, has said repeatedly that he will be standing candidates against the Conservatives in as many seats as they possibly can and that he won't do as they did previously when they were the Brexit party and stand those candidates down in return for some kind of agreement on, on some principle or another, whether it be immigration or whether it be proportional representation. He's saying they won't do that. Which does raise the prospect that reform could start splitting the votes of the Conservative party.
0: John Curtis, Professor John Curtis, the pollster's pollster from the University of Strathclyde joins me now.
2: Probably if I were trying to think of the the worst thing that could possibly happen for Tory MPs uh, in the next six months, it probably is that Nigel Farage would return as the leader of the Brexit party. You know, he is the most charismatic figure among Eurosceptics
0: apart from Boris Johnson. And whereas Boris Johnson's star doesn't shine quite so brightly as it once did, Nigel Farage is probably still reasonably bright. But that doesn't mean that
3: you end up with a whole raft of reform MPs. That, broadly speaking, just means that you probably end up with more Labour and Liberal Democrat MPs, which is why it sounds like there is a kind of broader plan. Which is to try and campaign for PR so that that percentage of polling actually means something at the next election. So, not the one we face potentially next year, but the one after. But I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them to change the dynamics successfully this time to actually get even one MP. Now, I could be wrong, and a lot could change, particularly in the red wall if you see. The polling that's being done now, which suggests that those people that voted Conservatives are drifting away towards the Reform Party, particularly in those seats. But I still think they've got a long way to go if they're actually going to overturn some of those majorities and actually return MPs to
1: Parliament. Caroline, one thing we have all learned over the past 10 years is that you underestimate Nigel Farage at your peril. Do you think there is an outside chance that he could be allowed back into the Conservative Party, that Rishi Sunak would decide it's better to have him inside the tent than outside the tent?
3: I don't think that that's something that Rishi Sunak will do. I don't think that that's something that he's even thinking about at the moment. So when I think about roots into the Conservative Party, I don't think that that's going to be something that's open to him under this current Prime Minister. I think it's all going to be about what comes next and who is left standing after the election. Some of the people that have done number crunching around polls suggest that quite a few of those on the right of the party are more likely to survive than those slightly towards the centre and left. So there becomes the question of who becomes the next leader of the opposition, as it seems inevitable it will be. If it is somebody like Suella Braverman, or Kemi Badenook, or somebody that has more natural right leaning instincts. I think then that's a possibility that if they want to turn it into a mass party and return to power, they will want to have some of those big hitters on their front bench. And in that instance, it's possible that Nigel could be invited to join the Conservatives again. But I still think it's a big if.
1: Earlier this week, supporters of Nigel Farage accused ITV of a stitch-up and said it was trying to stop him from winning I'm a Celebrity. Accusations that ITV strongly denies, saying, we are an entertainment show and the content featured is a fair and accurate representation of life in the camp. Meanwhile, Farage finally got to do another trial in the jungle. Uh,
2: I'm done. Sorry. Can't do it. Can't do it. Nigel, is that a pass?
0: I'm, to... is that, I'm a celebrity. i get me out of here. He's calling it. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Can't do it. Stop the clock. OK, right, let's get you let's out of there. Let's get him out.
2: All right,
1: Nigel,
0: you're all right, mate.
2: I feel quite a heavy sense of failure. I feel I've let the camp down a bit.
0: Couldn't stay in there, could he? Couldn't... Well, you know Nigel, don't you? He always goes with the leave option. Yeah, if he can. Doesn't he? If he can.
1: You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Jenny Kleeman, and my guest, Sunday Times political editor, Caroline Wheeler. This weekend, Times subscribers can catch the latest episode of Inside the Newsroom, It's our new behind-the-scenes series on Apple Podcasts, just for subscribers, on the Stories of Our Times feed. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash bonuspodcasts to find out more. The producer was Jane Shield. The executive producer was Fiona Leach. And sound design was by Hannah Varrell. Have a good weekend.
0: Even on a budget?